Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to have a wonderful questions and answers about all things cannabis that many people ask uh, cannabis operators. And joining us are Diego and John from New Era's podcast, Full Spectrum, on another episode of... What's up, guys? Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. This is great. So many questions, though. Yeah, so many questions. Like, what's it like working for uh, a vertically integrated cannabis company in Illinois? It's uh, <clears throat> it's different in a good way, I would say. Um, I feel like there's more contact between upper management and lower level like employees, which mm-hmm. I, I think is not the case for like a lot of these bigger companies. Um so it's been like more of like a mom and pop experience as I would describe it, but an enjoyable one. Yeah. I feel like we're, uh, I don't know, we, we're treated pretty nicely at, yeah. at the dispensary. We, so. we're, all, we're all pretty close, mm-hmm. all the staff and upper management. It's, it's, it's definitely not as, the, the tension is not as, stri- as like tough as it is for other places. Mm-hmm. As you've seen all the, the uh, unionizing and whatnot. Yeah, uh, we're all pr- pretty close knit. Are you guys so? Are you guys the founders of the company, or what? What is your status position in there? No, I'm just an AIC, and you can. Yeah, uh, I work customer support for the for the whole company. Mm-hmm. Uh, a yeah. and I a C. Mm-hmm. Why don't you unpack that a little bit? For <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that just means like agent in charge, so like a, right. a manager. Yeah, they have all different names depending on which regulated uh, uh, area we're looking at. But in Illinois, they call them agents in charge. <laughs> and then, so, so that I mean, you're you're a manager then of like uh, from the the plant to all the way to the store, or, or do you run a store? No, just uh, just like part of the store. Like, there's a few agents in charge, and then there's like a general manager who's like the overall boss of like everyone. Um, but no, we just deal with what's in store. We don't deal with what's at the cultivation site. That's a whole whole other 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 aspect. Yeah, because you guys are vertically integrated. Now, Illinois doesn't have vertical integration like in uh, a New Jersey or a New York with a, an ATC. But um, uh, how big is your cultivation facility? Um, I don't know the exact square footage because we've at, I've actually never had the chance to go. Did yeah, you, I, I have. Uh, I, I've been told it's rather small, one of the smaller ones compared yeah. to all the other you know, cultivation centers in, in Illinois. Wow. Well, yeah, because like in Illinois, you're allowed for the medical cultivation centers that became the first uh, uh, cultivation centers for adult use, 210,000 square feet of flowering canopy. Mm. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, that is. And I think think craft grows get like, what is it like? 5,000? Yeah, 5,000. So like we're we're trying to get 5,000 farmed and we're like, man, they get they can be like 210, but then you can go up to 14. So then it would still be less than a 10th of the size of the license that you guys have. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous in my opinion. I, for, the, <laughs> for the vertical integrate though, um, are you guys like, is your weed only in your stores or is it in other stores as well? Or do you guys bring in other weed to, to your store? I, I don't know how your guys' market works. It's, it's, it's like all the same cultivators. Every dispensary is going to have around the same, the same cultivators. Different products, depending on what the cultivators offer. 
off for us to sell. But we all pretty much have the same products throughout all the stores. In Illinois, at least. We can't take products from other states, fortunately. I mean, the other states can grow their products in, in cultivation centers here, and we can sell it. But uh, it's not like we can import it from other states. Yeah, yeah. You can market yeah. limited, right? The growers They're are limited. capped off right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it sucks for your market. It does. Growers. It does suck. It sucks for pricing, especially. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, like, those craft grows. We're going to be able to dump on a 5,000 square foot flowering space, maybe 3,000 pounds, maybe. Mm, yeah. And that won't even dent uh, the demand. The Illinois sold $1.4 billion last year. And I think the reason why it was only that was because there's 185 dispensaries that are still in litigation, mm-hmm. you know, and you guys don't have 10 yet. So in theory, you could still expand your, um, your footprint of uh, dispensary operations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of, like, uh, as an agent in charge at a dispensary, what are some of the questions that you guys get from uh, customers that are just always asked? Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, I got to say the biggest question yeah, we get is, like, like, do you think it's okay if I, like, bring this cartridge on a plane? Or can I bring this ounce on a plane? Or some people don't even have They're just like, yeah, I'm going to bring these two ounces on a plane, and we'll see what happens. And I'm like, okay. And there's, everyone's kind of just wondering, like, 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 is it okay? Or we what's fly the, with the penalties? They're flying with wheat in yeah. your carry-on or under. Mm. Or like, I did yeah. a video on that. I did a vi- You could tell them that you got to go watch this video about can you fly with wheat. It was funny because, like, the TSA has actually updated their website. And they're like, I don't care. They're pretty much, they say, I don't care. They say yeah. that dogs aren't looking for it. They say they're only looking for things that are dangerous to the aircraft. And I'm like, good. This well, is like the first government program I've seen that makes sense. Unless you're flying with a huge amount of pounds. Remember that gentleman we talked about that uh, the right. cops knocked him out to the cops ahead of time. I mean, that, that was mean. That yeah. was just messed up. But, you know, I, my question to like you guys who are actively paying your bills, you know, in the industry, like this is one of the reasons why I've always been an advocate and, and champion trying to like, it's like, let's fucking end prohibition because so what is the starting salary for AIC? Like, what do you like? In that position, what were you? What are you looking at? So I can't like give an exact number, yeah. <clears throat> but it changed. Like it varies for people. Like you're not on food stamps, right? Like I'm just saying, like you're paying your bills, you're you're collecting yeah. a check. I'd say like we have the benefit of working for a company that will give you like a, a livable wage, and I think that a lot of other companies don't which is why you see a lot of unionization and um, I don't know, a lot of turnover at those yeah. spots. But one thing that's been consistent is with new era, I don't know, specifically going back to like the whole family thing, it does feel like a tight knit family because there is like little turnover. And for the people that do leave, like it is, it is always like a sad thing, but people come and it's always from like a different dispensary. And like, I don't want to like, shame any other so i won't like name them but like they say it's a very different experience to how it was over there so it's livable which i'm I'm grateful for i will say yeah i'm satisfied with 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 how new era knows about things i i, I like how like the, the pay uh the kind of respect the, the freedom they kind of give you the managers won't really be on your case that, that much like they're all we're all friends here and we all work together much better mm-hmm. in that type of environment and and again, it's, it's all about being close knit. Like we're a small company. Uh, we can do things a little bit differently. It's like a cohesive unit. Like we'll even go out and do functions together that aren't like expensed by the company. You know, well, they're, so. they're letting you guys like, that's what, when I asked you in the beginning, if you guys were the founders, or whatever, cause you guys are so young and it's like, they, yeah. they let you guys like represent them in social medias, right? Like here's the podcast. You got this all going They give, they give you guys a lot of responsibility, which is kind of cool. I mean, it's kind of kind of badass that they're letting you guys like have the weight and show things. So I get that vibe from you guys as far as like it's a pretty decent company. It's not a GTI or or a Cresco that's like trying to like scoop everybody up and become Walmart, you know? Which, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like good steak, good weed better than I do the the, the mass produced McDonald's shit, right? Craft <laughs> <laughs> well, Girl is going to bring up some, some. They're going to bring the best like in the industry. Yeah, I'm very excited. excited to the see smaller. You. Well, we had to put it in our plans. I mean, like in our craft grow plans, we had to put in like an employee benefits plan was a whole aspect of the actual application. So we have 3% profit sharing in our farm. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's, and then it's, we also did some for the community because a lot of the crafts, they actually got assigned to DIAs. So, I mean, like 
there's a lot of public private partnerships going on in Illinois cannabis. If we can stand them up uh, where the craft grows were awarded, a lot of them were actually in disproportionately impacted areas. And these will be some of the first businesses that'll be opening up in those areas, provided, of course, the Golgothans in the industry don't snap them all up for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking lawsuits, man. So, yeah. uh, lawsuits. <laughs> So you guys, so you guys are the uh, uh, like the infrastructure of the of the company. Then you know, not not the garden, not the uh, uh, but more just the business retail. side of things. Retail, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, more the retail aspect. Yeah. But like, I hate when people say retail because it's different. Like, I've never gone into like Target and been like, all right, this was like a medium, but I think it should have been a small. Like, do you have any recommendations on like a shirt size? You know, like. Mm-hmm. I've never gone to like a place like that. Like, sure, you go to like a restaurant and you're like, well, what are some of your favorites? That's about as like similar as it gets. But like when people come in and they're asking very niche specific questions about uh, like specific ailments, it's like a whole different ballgame. And I think retail kind of like diminishes um, what the work actually is. Hmm. I feel that. I mean, it's kind of like, but, but you know, overall, when it comes to the industry, because Tom and I talked about how what we're trying to do in, in the, for the future, like alcohol and cannabis, like those, they should be parallels, right? Like there should be like just treated, like ignored. Well, pretty much cannabis should be ignored mm-hmm. as like can alcohol is now, right? Like mm-hmm. what, what was uh, Vivian McPeak's uh, uh, thing? Tom was like uh, parody. Um, parody. We just want parity. We want equality amongst the substances. And then mm-hmm. if anything, there should be more frivolity when it comes to cannabis than alcohol, because if you look at the actual substances, Alcohol is a more dangerous substance than cannabis, if we're being honest with ourselves. But uh, it's very difficult to be honest with yourself when the official, you know, letter of the law on the federal level is that it's it's heroin. Like, by law, it's heroin. You know, it's it's ridiculous. But here we are. Still. Slow and steady. Yeah, honestly, I'm hoping for change. I think this administration mentioned something about making that happen in the in the lifespan of it. So. Fingers yeah, we'll crossed see. that they actually hold to. Well, problem. I hear that they're trying to change the Senate rules so they could do uh, a one up. All they would need is 51 votes for uh, that more yeah. act. But that depends. They first have to change the Senate rules so they don't have that filibuster in the way anymore. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, like we cover it and it's been really frustrating last year when we would cover the federal law as they would be introducing them and then going because i'm a lawyer so I, i'll also go over the laws and we talk a lot about the law and policy on our podcast don't forget to download it at <laughs> apple Podcasts, and then uh market five stars and leave us just a roasted review just just roast either miggy or me and uh, but leave five stars on the Apple Podcast. That's the most important thing. Well, we got what a thousand downloads. Or oh, thousand oh yeah, downloads. we. I'll put that up. But we'll, we'll we'll hit that after four twenty somewhere. But yeah, we did pass a milestone on our. Uh, we started this podcast in two thousand nineteen, and so we passed a milestone for our downloads on uh, on the audio version. Congrats! That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. And it's really cool. It's unfortunate. All we talk about is cannabis, so we can't really monetize off anything. So we really do uh, get, you know. No sponsors. No I'll sponsors. shut it down. <laughs> but, you know, so here in Washington State, that's where I'm, I'm living, uh, you know, we had medical and then we went to recreational. And one of the things that even though I bitch about the law and I do, there are some good things that happen here with recreational, right? Like the workers got rights. Do you guys, because now before when it was medical, it was more like, hey, uh, I'm working for my buddy who owns the dispo because, uh, uh, you know, he's pays on her table. There's no real, you know, pay, uh, uh, like we call it, like, you know, books and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So you really didn't have any rights. So you guys, is, is, is that in Illinois? Are you guys covered under, like, protections for workers' rights and stuff like that? Um, that's this is this is me going, meh, yeah, kind of is the answer. And somebody called the office yesterday asking just about one of these types of things where they they don't know and they've been let go and they're working remotely for a Texas company, but they live in Illinois. And then I'm like, no, you're talking interstate commerce now. Like, you know what the federal law says, right? Yeah. So, yeah. it's, but then at the state level, they may have some protections, but the, the state's co- uh, law, the CRTA in Illinois, allows for an employer to maintain a zero uh, uh, drug-free workplace. 
Well, that's for the consumers, though, right? And patients. But I'm, I'm always like, you know, for the workers in the actual industry, you know, there was before recreational, like, there was no holiday pays. Ooh! <laughs> 20 summer, everybody. All right. <laughs> yep. I love yep. it. <laughs> I, I tell you, the, my law firm sponsors the um, uh, the bumper, and so uh, this is marketing, and but this is this is what we've done. So uh, celebrating 100,000 downloads plus uh, since we launched in February of 2019. So just a, a shade under three years to get 200,000, I'm sorry, 100,000 downloads of our audio version of our podcast. Um, Joe Rogan does that in like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're getting there. It's so much like, he got so weird though. Like, just <laughs> misinformation bullshit. So tell us more about your guys' podcast. What are you guys, what are you guys yeah. on? Like, what do you guys do? Oh, well, right now, I guess like, so we started out, we weren't really sure what kind of, what kind of theme. I mean, it had to be cannabis related, uh, but we were, Honestly, we're just going to start interviewing influencers that are cannabis themed on Instagram. I uh, was just searching them up, finding people who sell uh, can- their own cannabis growing equipment, people who host like cannabis th- uh, consumption events, people who are just like influencers who just make do post product reviews. Uh, we had like one publication, Illinois News Joint. We had them on, interviewed them. Uh, True social equity and cannabis are these people following this like they're like right now they're making a documentary about the like uh just the inequity happening in the industry when when it comes yeah, to just a lot of the shady politics going on into like the distribution of a lot of these licenses sure licenses of and everything a long enough documentary yeah <laughs> she's working on it. it's her and this other woman and they're just like they're like beasts they're getting everything doing everything on their own mm-hmm. and we've seen some of their stuff and it seems pretty interesting pretty informative so yeah. I'm excited for when that comes out. Again, they're true social equity uh, on Instagram. If you want to check them out, I think we had Instagram. them on too. We did. We had them oh, on. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 trying. I mean, they're they're trying to do something, but it's it's uh, a hard conversation, man. Yeah, yeah it for, is. for what the state's awarded so far, like they can they can they can complain about it, but you know, uh, from working with some of the winners and seeing them, uh, I'm not really upset about it. I'm like, okay. That lottery that you had for the cannabis dispensaries, that was rigged as shit. But, you know, I mean, everybody's going to sue when they do it that way. And so, like, I, I really like how New Jersey's kind of approached it. But I don't like how New Jersey does a first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. Um, a race to a license. I mean, I kind of like how they have the window and then a lottery in a conditional format where they're like, okay, here's the small application to get into the lottery. And then I think Washington State did it this way. Connecticut's doing it that way. Uh, Ohio did it that way, where, you know, here's a $20,000 investment to get into this lottery, as opposed to here's a $100,000 investment. Now buy $200,000 for the lottery tickets. Okay, I'm going to give you a 95% chance that you're going to win this license. And they did. Wow. On a side note, I saw something, I think it was like the state of Mississippi, where the governor limited people to three and a half grams a day of flour. Is this, right. is this true? Yes. Uh, yeah. So the governor uh, did not want, and then it's adequate supply in medical uh, legislation and medical states. They often very, ha- very, very often have what they call it medical uh, or the adequate supply. And then the amount of cannabis that the growers have to actually provide is something that they can actually quantify. So you can make it into a KPI. All right. How many patients? What's the adequate supply? You need to have this much on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just, it makes it easier. And so like in Illinois, I believe it's 2.5 ounces per 14 days mm-hmm. standard. And so if you do that, it comes out to 1.45, uh, eighths a day, but under Mississippi's inadequate supply was defined as an eighth a day for a patient. Mm-hmm. And of course the governor was like, no, we can't, I have daughters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, really, that's what we went with. Like, I can't allow anything that would allow that much cannabis on the streets. Like, I have daughters. Yeah. BS, <laughs> freaking back ass thinking is that, though? Like, you know, this plant actually heals. It actually, you know, like, this is why we don't have nice things, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's a, uh, the new study that just came out about like uh, cannabis, cannabinoids might help against COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like even talking about the cure for cancer, you know, with like Rick Simpson and RSO, like 
this plant is freaking amazing and can do some cool shit. But yeah. yet we we keep the the thing in the jar. They keep trying to put it back in, like, oh fuck it, we can't let them know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you well, know? Or they like to take all the money out back and put it right into their pockets. Yeah. So that's the other thing. They can see it being a cash flow. And one of the things that I don't have any envy whatsoever for the New York regulators. Because right now in New York, like you imagine the city of Chicago, if they just had those food trucks, but they're selling weed, (laughs) that's what they're doing in New York, you know, because they don't have any dispensaries. Now, how are you supposed to put that back in the box? You know, how are you supposed to allow dispensaries to open up, which have been extremely regulated, like from odor mitigation to security protocols to traffic patterns, so many different plans that you need to have. Fucking food truck in Times Square. You can go by. <laughs> but you know how they're going to how they're going to cap that, how they're going to control that. It was it's kind of what they did here in Washington, right? Like as soon as you enact the law, like here in Washington State, we had medical. They created recreational, and then recreational people cried like, "Oh, they don't pay taxes. Oh, it's not fair." And then they created this SB fifty fifty two, which empowered the police to 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 go after dispos. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to empower the cops to go after those food trucks who aren't licensed and all that shit. So, because you'll see people jump out. Nobody wants to go to jail. It's bad enough. Yeah. They're, they, they try and go into this damn industry in a grayscale, let mm-hmm. alone you put it in paper and say, yeah, you're against the rules now. Like, it, that's what happens, man. Yeah. And, but yeah. I don't envy the regulators, is what I'm saying. Like, you let that get out of the bag because you guys screwed this up so badly. Uh, now, in Illinois, it, like that $1.4 billion, if there was another 185 locations with uh, lounge abilities, you know, because one day COVID, I think, will go away. Otherwise, like the, the numbers that has just gone up so high that like we'd all have to get it again so that the, the curve can continue to go into the stratosphere that it's in. And it's just it's just it's inconceivable. Yeah. So hopefully it's almost done. Hopefully. Isn't but, there a isn't there a consumption lounge in like Niles or somewhere in like the northwest? There's the consumption lounges in a few places. Yeah, there's one in Secor down uh, near Edwardsville, south of the state, south near Missouri, and then I know there's also one in DeKalb. What's preventing like more consumption lounges from opening? Um, I probably COVID for a larger portion of it is mm-hmm. probably COVID to be honest, and then also because uh, like. Things would start to move, and then now. I mean, like, this is like the, you know, Jiminy Christmas. It was like a record. We've never had this many. And so you're like, all right, well, everything that was moving, you know, now kind of isn't. Um, yeah. I'm going to change the, the background because when, when, when Miggy throws up the comments, it, it it's, you know, does that thing. Yeah. But, you know, the languages vary too, right? Because some states, there's always that gray area in, until they create those rules that say, all right, this is now how it's going to be. Because uh, I know California has uh, a couple of languages that are, you know, misplaced. And, you know, depends on the city again, too, and location. That's mm-hmm. the only problem with this damn plant, right? Like, it's so regional. <laughs> the laws are. Yeah. You know? It's like you're a refugee just in your own country. Literally, if there was some federal legalization, it'd be interesting to see. Like what, what would come of that? And just imagine like the market, you wouldn't have like Oregon selling like cannabis at such a low price with such good product. Like, oh, I don't know about dispersed. that. I don't know about that. You know, uh, that's one of the things about this plant, like the hemp market, the legal hemp market could be some type of indication, except uh, the legal hemp market wouldn't be an indication like that as now it's starting to get regulated in the sense that a hemp license now can, requires USDA compliance. Hmm. Uh, and as a result, the uh, fervor for it has kind of gone down. And then, of course, like the demand was it's fine. But then Delta eight has kind of kept up the price there. Um, OK, there's still going to have the same. There's not going to be any federal regime. And so you're going to have all these lawsuits regarding interstate commerce that are going to take forever to like work their way through. Plus you're going to have all this rulemaking period. That's going to take forever to work its way through. Eventually you'll have some uniformity, but it's going to take some time. What, uh, what's your guesstimation? Uh, 2026 would be like probably federal legalization, 2024 to 2026. And then like regulation and interstate commerce might be 2026, 20, uh, 2028, because mm-hmm. like you'd have to, the distribution, right? So just for like liquor distributors, they're at a state level. 
So you have to have like these, it's just because you're starting to distribute this into a new state doesn't mean that you can do so without a license, mm -hmm. right? And so like, how do you do that? You just put that on a plane from Oregon to uh, Illinois, or how do they do it with wine? And so that type of regulation will take some time, mm -hmm. but that's where they'll go. And then they have to draft the rules. And then those rules take time before they're um, uh, you know, enforced. And so then you just have this state doing what they're doing in this federal vacuum. You know, so mm -hmm. Illinois was one of the best places to grow hemp because it was only looking at Delta nine THC and measuring if you're hot or not. Um, and it was kind of on the honor system, to be mm -hmm. honest, you know, you know, the VA just allowed hemp producers to make 40,000 pounds of hemp allowed to produce cannabis <clears throat> in Virginia. And then, you know, Virginia is uh, uh, another one of the states that they have their own gray market, right? They created, they legalized it. They haven't created the infrastructure, you know, and I think though, Tom, in that time frame. I don't think we're going to we're not going to see that time frame unless the filibuster ends. Right. Unless something grand happens. Right. Because we we got this weird party going on, man, this little cult. I don't know what's going on in, in politics that, you know, Jewish space laser bullshit. Like this is why we're not going to have nice things for a while. You know, like Whoa. we need a bunch of adults to get together and be like, all right, this is common sense shit. Yeah. You know, it wasn't I, know. I just I just think that what we need is less patience for stupid. Uh, and so, like, if we had less patience for stupid and as soon as you just kind of like flip that switch on somebody and you're like, oh, and then those, they stop trying to convince them, you know, it's like you've labeled somebody as stupid. You could talk forever, but then that would just kind of mean that you're stupid, too. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but this whole polymerity process, this the way to get to what we need, the legality of things is a long when we try to do home grow here. You know, things die in committee. Nothing's forced. Nothing's mandatory to go through, even though this is the biggest issue, I think, for all Americans, right? Like, like you know, black, brown, yellow, we all go to jail and lose time. And, and, and time's the only thing we can't get back. You right. know, like, what the It's heck, really man? the only thing we got to spend. I want everybody to remember this. We just made money up. We just made it up. Same with America. America is a contract. You just made it up, and we can enforce it because we made up courts. But anyway, uh, we have a, a question. For 50 years, why can't you go out to the corner gas station and buy a pack of marijuana smokes for 10 bucks? And, and the reason because of that is uh, that would make sense. <laughs> that would make sense. And you just that's not anything consistent with the marijuana laws in this country. You have to look for like incoherence and like things that make no sense or absurd. That's a, a marijuana law in the United States. But. <laughs> One day, perhaps they'll have that type of um, retail licensure. You have to realize that, that that store that you go into to buy the pack of smokes, they have to have that. That's regulated. Like there's the tax stamps on there. I wouldn't be surprised if the retailer also has a tobacco retailer's license. You know? Mm -hmm. Oh, side note. Do you know if any tobacco retailers have any hands in like the cannabis market or hemp or anything like that? No idea. Uh, I know that like retail is retail. And so uh, it's one of those business models that people usually gravitate toward when they're getting into the industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a I question think, we get asked a lot. Mm -hmm. I think creepy stock companies kind of like bought into some research companies, but like, you know, I don't know what level or what names, you know, like, like how Google's known as the alphabet company, you know, on the trade market. I believe if you look at the stocks and, and understand that portion, there's money involved, but it's not a direct like, it's just an investment to these people, right? It's just, mm -hmm. this is the inevitable, right? <laughs> like, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, this is something that affects us all. We all have an endocannabinoid system. You know, it all it, it's, it's inherent to, to everybody, mm -hmm. right? But for whatever reason, there's that control issue. And, and like Tom was saying about regulation, you know, like alcohol. If I were to open a brewery tomorrow, I could sell in Washington only. And if I wanted to distribute in other states, I have to go to the distribution mafia. And because and, and, that's you can't I can't just drive a truck of my own beer across to Montana. Yeah. You know, I, I have to <laughs> pay that federal fee and all the other infrastructure bullshit. Oh, yeah. And that's coming. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I think it's going to I don't I think once we have like legitimate sales going on in the East Coast and people are like, I got to put this money somewhere and they're handing out licenses and there's. Because there's 10,000 licenses in California. If there was 10,000 licenses on the East Coast, and then there's like, the hilarious thing is in Illinois, uh, 60, 60 <laughs> cultivation licenses. 
Uh, and then for the retail, uh, 185 of them are in court and another 110 are owned by like five people. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's be honest, all these li- all these states that I have legalized it, there is that license cap right now, right? For But uh, there's no license cap for beer. So I can go to any state, create a brewery and be magically corporate, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, and that's going to be the, the end of the federal legalization, right? When all states are like, all right, right. Here's, this is a fair capitalist market now. Everybody gets yeah. a chance. But think same. about it. Like, you know, the farm's good then. So like uh, New Era's good. Uh, Trade Secrets, the farm that, you know, uh, we represent as well. They're good because if you got that license for your state, you can operate there. Good luck trying to sell it in Indiana, though, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's growing like that, just like if it's Cresco or GTI, it's difficult to go from state to state for like a brand of beer. Like I can't buy a Rainier beer in Illinois mm-hmm. and I don't I bet you can't buy like Goose Island out there. You guys have that? Yeah, we. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, like it's he's in Seattle. We're in Illinois. Yeah. Oh, okay. no, no Goose Island out there. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. See, yeah. that sounds. Yeah, I think that's like new glares for us too, right? Right, that's Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they would need a distribution contract to get into Illinois. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be the same thing with weed. I mean, like we could just see the future now by looking at beer. So I'm not really all that worried about Oregon, like unless it's more like wine. But then what's the wine distribution model? How do they get that? Is that going to be those contracts with like a Kroger? And so is that when you're going to start seeing it? But that's a different type of retail license. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I uh, I don't know. I've never seen it put like that, but that makes a lot of sense. Like yeah, a lot of legal red tape preventing that. So, but at it's the same time, thing. it's yeah, a good thing if you have is, that license, is. you know. And so, if you guys have that license in six dispensaries and go to ten, you know, that's nice because then you're not going to be able to be shut down. That's the thing I don't get is the retail aspect. Mm-hmm. Would they like granting Kroger that right or granting that gas station that right to sell it? Uh, that may that changes the industry, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think business models too, right? Like New Era is small. You guys are just in Illinois, which is smart. I think you guys work your market locally because all these other guys, like GTI, you know, like Medmen, when they first started, they they were getting money thrown at them like like strippers. You know, it was just so much. <laughs> just like how how is this boat of a of a of a cannabis company still floating? Like because rich people were like you know throwing money at investing it. But you don't need that. You don't need to spread yourself so thin that you become McDonald's. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're just trying to establish ourselves as an Illinois brand, mm-hmm. first and, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like our dispensary is like a Chicago dispensary, right? Like like our, we we do things like like a like kind of like a Chicago way compared to the other dispensaries that we have a store in Southern Illinois. Like they have more of like a Southern hospitality type. Yeah, I guess like, like same model yeah. but different vibes. I guess at each each location, but sure. they, yeah, they are trying to like make it more uniform. You know, to have the similarity. That's what they call a brand experience. You have to watch mm-hmm. out for those guys. Sometimes yeah. they just try to say no. Everything will be that one thing because then <laughs> they will never be confused. Mm-hmm. But like, you guys are really okay. Well, it just uh, when you have that type of brand recognition, you're you're assuming that you're a McDonald's hamburger. You're not assuming that you're uh, a part of the community that you're serving because that's why there's so many different flavors of potato chips depending on where you are in the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, you guys appeal to like your local community. Like I love you guys' Aurora little like Wayne's World little things. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's brilliant. What, where else would you do that? That's, you guys have, I used to tease this guy because he lives in the boonies that I thought he was in the Wayne's World. Is that correct? No, no. There's a new era across the river. It's new era East Peoria. Mm-hmm. I've not been because it was not my medical dispensary. And then I was able to grow my own. And yeah. um, that really impacted my weed budget, let me tell you. Yeah, but like now yeah. I'll go to the dispensary for, um, I get bored of my weed. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to get something new into the mix, you know? Yeah. What are, uh, speaking of that, what are some of your favorite like strains you uh, have to pick? Yeah. Uh, I really like terpinaline dominant ones. And then I also like, um, uh, a good fruity one uh, for the daytime. And then, of course, a nice cush uh, for evening. So I like a slurricane in the evening mm-hmm. um, or something similar to that, like, you know, a nine pound hammer. And yeah. then uh, in the daytime, Willie Nelson uh, for the terpinaline one. Or mm-hmm. uh, I got this this purple banana right now that's really great. 
and um, you know that's more like the fruity weed. Mm-hmm. So fruity weed kind of during the day. Yeah, purple banana sounds delicious. It's pretty good. It's from uh, Purple City Genetics out in uh, uh, what is that? Sacram- Sacramento, maybe. Yeah. And that's some of your homegrown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys here, grow your own? Diego here is actually growing yeah. some, and he's um. We're actually in the process of deciding on whether to go to. It's like it's roots, yeah, roots smoke shop mm-hmm. to get a tent from my place to get this all set up. So you should. It's a lot of fun, uh, and then you'll see different. You'll understand the plant better. You'll have a better relationship with that. But then also, um, you know, you can. I think it'll make you better in the retail because mm-hmm. then you're going to get with that, that greater understanding and knowledge and insight into the plant. You know, you can impart mm-hmm. that uh, wisdom uh, off to your clients when they come in. So, like, you'll be able to make better weed recommendations. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any pro tips for for getting started? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I got my Ganjia certification last year. That one is a really good one for the retail uh, focus. So, so when you actually are uh, talking about the plant and then talking about it in relation to uh, your your customers or your clients, like, you know, the actual consumer clients as opposed to the businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that does a really good job of breaking down the plant and seeing, you know, what the person's trying to accomplish with why they're getting it, you know? So what mm-hmm. are they after? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and when you start too, you're starting with genetics and soil. You know, that's you got to consider what you're. And some people do soilless. I mean, there's, man, the advanced people do bonsai. <laughs> so, you know, there's so many levels to start with. You start with germinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I screwed one of those up. I was germinating some GDP from Sunabus, and it was looking good, but um, so dry in the basement. All the water evaporated, and so I found them this morning, and I uh, put some water back in. I'll let you know if they uh, continue to pop. <laughs> I've drowned some. Uh, <laughs> hey, did you guys get a, a, a strain for us to be able to put up on the uh, the screen? Uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I, I sent over a few of the sh- a few uh, shots of our uh, newer strains. I gotta say that we tried. I, I really like. Let, let me check my email then. If you got it over, yeah. Uh, I think it was the Granny Mac was... and the Blueberry OG. Oh, they like. <laughs> well, we we're going to do a name that. But, you know, now it's kind of out already. Right? Guess oh, which one? Oh, shit. <laughs> Look, I was hot. My bad. <laughs> Trying to find those. Uh, I don't think I got the, the, the emails with the um, uh, the pictures. Oh, Otherwise, I'd put them up. Oh, do you want me to send them to you again? Yeah, right flip them over to me. Right. I can, and then we'll forget what it was that you said, and then uh, <laughs> we can do a name that strain bumper. Yeah, hit you with the men in black little flash thing. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Well, uh, we, well, we, we can do that. Right. We have a bumper to make people forget. I mean, this is this is why people leave the thumbs ups and then they subscribe because we have uh, uh, fun little bumpers like this one. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that, was, that was one of those nice, nice things. And so, like, we did spend uh, hundreds of dollars on bumper bumpers last year. And so, our bumper budget sometimes, when I would have a good month from doing the lawyering, uh, you would, uh, I'd spend it on bumpers. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah. Worth it. Definitely. Worth All right. It. I sent them over uh, in right. two separate emails. Okay. Uh, to the Tom at Collateral Base or Tom at Stumari? Uh, the one you were, uh, let's see. Good times. <laughs> Tom at collateral base. All right. You know, a, a grow tent for you guys is also good for content. You know, it's good to, you know, uh, I had a chef Ann on and uh, he's from uh, Detroit and he had a huge, he's got a huge following just from tracking all his auto flowering. He's big into auto flowers. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then he turned that into uh, a seed company. So, mm-hmm. you know, this plant's amazing and industrious. Yeah. No, it's wild. We had a guest on one time. Uh, shout out to Cathartic Cannabis. Cathartic Cannabis. He literally grows weed doing like aquaponics. So like he uses his fish tank to provide the water, and it's just like a recycle thing. Yeah, it's amazing. So he's got this makeshift setup. He's got honestly check him out. Show him some love. It's a yeah. crazy setup. I've never seen anything like it. It looks it looks great. Really, What's like, that I, again? Cathartic Cannabis. Okay. 
Yeah, like uh, net zero cannabis is going to be an interesting um, aspect of the industry into the future. Uh, can we grow that pound for nothing? Can yeah. we? Let's see if we can grow a pound of weed for nothing. You know, uh, can we be the carbon neutral indoor flower? I mean, that's if you can do carbon neutral indoor, that would be really interesting. You know, but uh, one day perhaps we can with the right types of power draws and recycled water. It might mm -hmm. be really, really cool. You know, the weed in like 10 years, I mean, genetics aren't going to stop, mm -hmm. but uh, the, because it's like weed's kind of tough on the environment, like growing it. Uh, it. It's demanding, you know, it takes a lot of energy and water and it can make a lot of pollution, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to, you know, like if you get science on it, like, can you make it carbon neutral or like but, carbon you know, There's those studies in, in California that also uh, dismiss some of that as far as like how we, you know. They always talk about the illegal grows in the forest and how damaged. I mean, they are damaged sometimes. These illegal like pipings of irrigation and dumping of chemicals, but they're not as bad as the water drain that most people thought. Like, I mean, still a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see once everything gets federally legal and there's actually that scientific like focus on like engineering the technology for that. You'll definitely see it. I mean, if they can come up with electric cars, there's definitely going to be more. Mm -hmm humane and ecological ways to do this set of research yeah well i was at a canicon and i saw this one guy they have a system and again you know having to grow a business you need a lot of money to jump in this game and these lights that this guy had the irrigation would go through the lights cooling them down the room and they would filter out the water it was a crazy just like using all the the lighting and heating and like a circular but it was a shit ton of money of like course, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. All catch. <laughs> right to go green, you gotta have green. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, those those emails never come through, and so otherwise I would have put it up. But um, yeah, I tell you, technical difficulties all over the place. I can always just pop up your guys's uh, menus or one of your websites. Sometimes we get in trouble on the show for discussing amounts and prices, and that's when they say, "Ah, oh, you're yeah. flagged." Your flag that's 18 plus yeah. and then dial them down. Like it's it's weird. Like we were doing a show about breweries and like how to run an independent brewery. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was the whole keech of the show, as opposed to weed and how to run legal weed businesses. Uh, I think we wouldn't be as muted on this platform, but you know, corporate overlords and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's a pain. I feel like with um, even on Instagram, like there's like the shadow like banning. So your yeah. content doesn't really come to the front. Like I've had friends say, why aren't you posting? And we are. But I guess it's just not appearing. And I don't know if that's a part yeah. of the algorithm, but there's definitely shade thrown. Yeah. At, at and just cannabis. like just like my brother does the artwork for us and he's an artist. So he, he, he just draws like these doodles, you know, like really detailed doodles. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them will have like really detailed cannabis, you know, acts on there. And we get flagged all the time, mm -hmm. you know. Well, you guys know Beard Bros lost their account on Instagram recently. They sure did. Yeah. For what? For, For being Beard Bros. Beard Bros. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know, uh, can we get that back? No. And so, like, what were they doing? Um, how did that violate the terms of service? Is there somebody that's out there that's accepting bribes? Uh, at Facebook and or whatever they call it now, Meta, uh, mm. and it's like, oh, because you know you have a Facebook engineer, Meta engineer, whatever, that mm. has uh, control of that type of stuff, and you give them, I don't know, quarter million dollars in cash. Uh, I'm sure that's oops, sorry. I mean, they were violating the terms of service. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, we're not we because I don't, I don't work in weed. I'm just an advocate, but. Fucking billion dollar industry, and and yet we still get shadow banned, squashed, deleted. Like, at what point are they going to recognize it? Like, oh, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, like this is this is like medicine. Like, the more right. people we've encountered experience it as a medicinal substance rather than just something to use recreationally. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, we have people in here who are suffering in pain yeah. from you know any any one of the qualifying conditions they're suffering. And they take this very seriously. Like we get people mm -hmm. all all types of different backgrounds, like yeah. lawyers, doctors, all sorts of professional and whatnot. And they're all like, "This is medicine, like plain and simple." You know, like, they don't use it recreationally. That doesn't apply to them. They only care about the medicinal side. So, and people who don't even like 
don't want to be there. Like it's like their last resort mm-hmm. and their doctor's like, look, look, man, we've tried everything. Like at this point, give this a shot. And they're like, I haven't gotten high ever. I'm like, well, you're in for like a revolutionary experience because when you do see the medicinal benefits of it, it's like it's life changing. Mm-hmm. It's like so life changing. And I mean, I speak from experience. I'm sure you guys have your own experiences with that. And anyone listening, I'm sure can relate. So it's a they beautiful can. thing when it happens. Yeah. But then I, it shouldn't be the opposite aspect of it. The prevailing uh, rule is that's a lie. And like you have to not embrace that which is which means you're you're requesting that we deny truth. And mm-hmm. I got a big problem with that. You know, I don't really like to live in a world where it's you know, I'm I'm complicit in in a larger lie like, you know, can you imagine if they mandated freaking Santa Claus? Like no, <laughs> Santa Claus is legal right there <laughs> in the law, you know? And it's like that's kind of how I look at federal because they're the marijuana laws. It is a term of legal art with an mm-hmm. h because they haven't moved it since 19 fucking 70. Mm-hmm. And it's right there. And so, like, you know, it, it's just ridiculous uh, that uh, it is considered what it's considered. And that's it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because a bunch of old white dudes told you. It's something else. But, you know, I'm glad that you guys came on. And then uh, let's see here. Uh, any questions from the audience? We should do we have a bumper for questions from the audience? I don't think we do. I, well, I, I have a quick question for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know how there's like that limit that you can only have a certain amount of cannabis on you at once? Mm-hmm. When you're growing your own stuff, what like is there like a loophole? Like, because at that point, you're just going to be harvesting pounds if you yeah. get growing up to five plants. Yeah, we have some. Like, I don't want to get the feds right to my like door. Five plants. And these guys, they show us they have jars like the big. Oh, right, yeah. No, Several they, that could be pounds of cannabis if they are if they have a green thumb on them and they've been growing for five years. Uh, that you know each plant could have been half a pound or more, mm-hmm. um, and and they could even have been having some outdoor plants to be honest. But uh, they'd have to still comply with the strictures. So you have to have it in an enclosed lock space, and it can't be visible from outside. So I guess like you're allowed to have a weed vault. <laughs> and that's where your supply can be and then you can leave your weed vault with an ounce and so the rule is when you have people over to your weed vault make sure they don't leave with more than an ounce and then just you're kind of confused when you leave your weed vault but you feel good and mm-hmm. so you'll be like all right guys see ya <laughs> and you also have to consider though like the rules that you're talking about like crossing the line are state rules those local rules so you're right. not going to have the feds jumping at you i mean mm-hmm. they would have already come at you if that's mm-hmm. the case but yeah. you know but you guys rules are really funny because like when tom first started growing when we started doing the show two years ago uh he had this really weird like two inch plant it looked like an eighth he was growing right. and technically it would not be considered sure. a tree Right, so, you could grow like a thousand of those. Yeah. It was terrible. I had like root lockout, like terribly. I mean, like the pH in this water uh, and the PPMs, like off the tap in Central Illinois, is off the chain. It was yeah. plants, and so like uh, my poor plants were poisoned. But you know, it's like oh. the first run that I've ever done and shit. And, and so auto flowers are like this big, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I use a Brita filter. I'm literally using a Brita filter for my for the Chicago tap water. <laughs> How's that going? I mean, you can just tell when you use a tap water. You can tell it. You, you can see it's murkier. Huh. You can just see the murk, you know. And so I, we, Do you we have like a, a PPM pen and an EC pen. Yeah, we have those. My roommate, he's like the one that's our our grows. We don't our grows on our, our where we live. It's just we have a location that gives they give us permission to grow since I have a medical card and cool. some of the tea. We have our plants, but yeah, we never, we never, we never grow where we live, for sure. Damn, but uh, yeah, but yeah, we have a whole setup and everything. You should see all the all the supplies we have. It took us. It was very. Our getting our grow room set up was so expensive because it, it was just like a pantry, a walk-in pantry. Yeah, and the we setup turned was it into. So funny. <laughs> we turned it into a grow room because we had a tent. So we like we, we like to have one tent for the clones. The other tent for the mother plants, and then we have one for like the three big plants to reuse. So we have like a whole system. The rotation, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. rotation. Right and on, I'm guys. getting clones for ready for him too when he nice uh, mm-hmm. when he grows. So that'd be that, That's the whole premise behind the whole patient thing was the rotation, right? Like you can have X amount of plants and be constant. But again, the amount to be called medicine. Some people 
really can dab all day. And, and, and like, I'm like, dude, that would kill me. I would sleep all day. If that, <laughs> I can't do that much. But some people are really in that much pain or the anticannabinoids require that much, whatever it is requiring, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, yeah, no, I don't think personally, I don't think any amount should be ever a limit. <laughs> you, know, yeah. for, you can't tell you don't tell people how much fire they're allowed to have. I know. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, yeah. Pro, I'm pro you. Yeah. Like we've seen, you. seen people <laughs> opening up their like drawers. It's like just 20, 30 of these big mason jars, the big yeah. ones stuffed. Full and it's like like you guys have are you gonna stop? Why? Right. That's the problem. Like, yeah. Why? (laughs) But the thing is, like, it goes bad, and so that's the thing. Now I'm trying. Like, I got like one or two plants going at a time. Why? I'm like, how am I supposed to do with all that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They they said they said they also they they keep some stuff at their parents' place too. So imagine how much they have. It's like I kind of I like a dream of mine to have too much. But I'm sure I. I oh, you'll be there quickly. <laughs> you'll have, you'll, you'll, you'll there. be there one day, and then you'll be like, "I'm bored of my weed. I'm going to the dispensary." <laughs> That's the worst nightmare. But like, hopefully, I don't get too picky like that. Or I don't know. Or if you have so much, you're like, "I need to buy a rosin press." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. I'd like these rosin. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't don't give me ideas, man. But mm-hmm. I gotta wrap up. I'm supposed to be on a call here in a few minutes. I just wanted to thank our guests for coming on John Diego and then full spectrum podcast, you know, that's where they could find you. Yeah. Show and, some love. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah. On. Thank you this so much. This was a treat. Cool. Yep. All right. Well, nice. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, all the members, the people that have joined the show or the, how we actually can make some revenue on this and uh, almost update this. I got to figure out how we, we updated this last time, but see you guys <laughs> next time. Yeah. Good thing. chicken brown cow oh yeah man yeah cool cats you know i'm glad that they were actually doing that type of stuff but all right i gotta hop off soon or like now i'm but anyway yep have a good one good luck